Welcome back to the Paranorm Girl podcast. I am your host, Kristen. In just a few days, I will be enjoying crab cakes at Dugger's, taking in all the sights along the seashore, sniffing the salty sea air and getting wet sand inside of my socks for some reason. And I will also be meeting a ton of cool new people and taking some awesome classes, of course, at the Oregon Ghost Conference. Woohoo! Let the countdown commence. I'm, I am excited. Um, I am thinking about doing a live stream while I'm there. I don't know, TikTok or Instagram. Uh, thinking about it just, you know, while I'm walking around, talking to the vendors. Uh, I think that would be cool and interesting, but uh, I'll keep y'all posted on the socials about that. Today's episode was a fun one. I recently got to sit down with a fellow parapotter and talk Slender Man and and all kinds of ghosty things. I'm very excited to introduce him to you. So let's do a quick word from our sponsor and then we will get to my guest. Spring has sprung and our friends at Manscaped have the best tools for some spring cleaning. They've already helped men everywhere tidy up the nooks and crannies of their body's basement, but this year, Manscaped can help them get the perfect presentation on that beautiful face with the new Beard Hedger Pro Kit. Make sure you look your best this spring by using code PNG and get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Ladies, let's you and I chat for a second. Let me uh, whisper some, some sweet manscaped nothings into your ear holes. There are logistically sound reasons to get a Beard Hedger Pro Kit into your bearded partner's hot little mitts. It's waterproof. Boom. No more nasty shavings, nastying up your side of the counter. You know how those little hairs, they they grow legs and just magically find their way over to your side of the counter and get into all your stuff. No more. He can shave in the shower now done. Two, I don't know about you, but I have a lot of bathroom supplies. My drawer space is precious. El precioso. (laughs) You know what I don't want to do is dig through 30 different sized guards when I'm looking for my toner. Okay. (laughs) Now, you can imagine the sound of all those plastic things clinking together as you're looking for something. Now, imagine the sound of silence because the beard hedger comes with one guard, one, uno. <laughs> I'm getting anxious thinking about the sound right now. See, it will, it will benefit your anxiety levels. And last, as an owner of hair yourself, you understand how damaged and brittle and lackluster it can get if you do not properly clean and care for it. The beard shampoo and conditioner are specifically designed to moisturize and replace natural oils. The beard oil relieves dryness while adding some shine and shimmer to it all. And the beard balm also helps to further moisturize while it shapes, styles, and tames, baby, okay? So help your partner achieve maximum awesome beard status and get 20% off plus free shipping with code PNG at manscaped.com. That is 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com when you use code PNG. Focus on the face and use the Beard Hedger Pro Kit for the cleanest look in the game. 
Now to my guest. Today, I am joined by the host of a podcast called The Wall of Unusual, which deep dives paranormal topics and stories while also scratching that true crime itch. His show can be found on Apple and Spotify with additional mini episodes on Swell. If you are into the weird, unusual, and mysterious, you might want to check his show out. Please enjoy my conversation with Chris from The Wall of Unusual. Chris, I'm the uh, host of a Wall of Unusual podcast to cover anything uh, ooky spooky, strange, and things that cannot be explained. I also cover true crime and uh, mysteries. So that's like my little jam for my podcast. I always have been interested in those things, and I decided to make a podcast about it. And you were uh, hosting a previous podcast as well called The Nightmare Report. Uh, what was that one about? Uh, yes, that one was fictional. It's not up anymore, but uh, hopefully one day I'll come back. Uh, the Nightmare Report was about a uh, RCMP officer that went to some strange small town in Canada to look for his missing brother, and he ends up getting pulled into like the weird the world of the paranormal, where he ends up like in a town where he realizes historical figures are alive and well and are walking around. The way I wrote the character at the time, when he was very a logical man, he was trying to figure out like, okay, like what's going on here, so he gets pulled into that. Uh, it ended, I, I think it lasted one season, and then I decided to go back to the drawing board because the storyline wasn't too coherent. So I decided, you know what, let me do a different podcast. I've been wanting to do this for such a long time. Like, if you look at my podcast list, I listen to anything from true crime to paranormal, like I mentioned. And uh, one of my uh, all-time um, favorite podcasts is uh, Last Podcast to the Left. And I took a bit of inspiration from them along with Time Suck with Dan Cummins. And I decided, you know what? I'm going to make a podcast because I have a whole bunch of useless stuff stuck in my head floating around at any one time. And I want to get interested in a subject, like if it's true crime, weird or whatever, I have to research it and I have to see what's going on. So I decided to make a podcast about it. Yeah, the stuff just sucks you right in, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. Um, would, had you done any other shows before these two or was this your first kind of foray into podcasting airing things like this uh the nightmare report and this is my very first time actually well this podcast is actually me doing it properly and making sure that i have episodes and the audio sounds good it was a bit of a, a struggle me learning how to actually edit and making the podcast sound good and actually know what i'm talking about instead of just blabbering on and the the audience not following so it's my first step into actually doing things properly and doing it uh done my co-host always always on me about that so she's kind of my rock making sure that i do things properly yeah it's good to have somebody like that on your team uh, yeah. so uh, from what i have heard you cover some really interesting really scary subjects uh, i was curious what what draws you to certain subjects certain paranormal or mysteries to cover well, it's the unknown factor, like, for instance, like uh, the um, the Slenderman stabbing case that happened. I was actually, I remember when that came out, when the two little girls lured their friend uh, Peyton into the woods and decided to stab her over a fictional character. I was around when that happened. I remember when that story broke, uh, and I remember researching, reading up on it, talking to another friend about it. So when I did that episode, I kind of knew what was going on. And uh, I just had to do a bit more deep dive into why those girls did what they did. And uh, it turned out like one of them had a severe mental illness. And I, I forgot the illness that she was diagnosed with, 
but she ended up just luring her friend along with her just to say, listen, like, you know, because the whole scenario was they believe Slenderman was real. They believe that he was a physical being. And she turned around saying, okay, well, if we don't do this, Slenderman's going to kill our family. So it's either her or us kind of mentality. So when I researched that case, that kind of drew me into like how some people think where uh, like certain serial killers think saying like, it's either me or them, or this is completely normal. I'm doing something like I'm doing a world of favor. Like I forgot the serial killer's name, but he literally just started killing just to save the world from an earthquake, a super earthquake. Sorry. So he Whoa. thought, yeah. And his head, I got to cover him. So in his head, he thought it was normal doing that. So these two girls, unfortunately, one was very sorry, had very, a lot of remorse. And the other one was just very like stone cold. Like I've watched the interviews with both of them and it was kind of interesting seeing the dynamic, both of them had so me doing research and me just trying to figure out why like obviously for serial killers we kind of understand why they do what they do but when it comes to like the paranormal it's interesting to see okay is their life after death are, are ghosts real and so on so that's what kind of draws me into it uh for the paranormal and true crime so like uh again with the slender man stabbing piece that's a very interesting case and I decided, you know, that's going to be my stepping point for my show. And I'm going to go uh, from there. Now, did those girls actually see something? Was it a figment of their imagination? Or, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, did they claim yeah. to see something? Well, I believe both girls said that when they lured their friend Peyton into the woods to play, quote unquote, hide and seek. One of them said, oh, we heard a branch snapping. I looked over and I saw Slenderman poking his head out from a tree. So I maybe I think um, they actually physically maybe saw him and they actually thought, OK, like if we kill him, he's going to take us away to become his proxies and we're going to live with him. And I think both of them, like you said, physically saw him. They thought he's a real being. He's a real entity and we have to please him or else he's going to kill us. So in the interviews, they did say that we saw him. He was physical. I don't know if they talked to him at all, but it was more of like he was keeping his distance kind of thing, just keeping an eye on us so we can carry out our duty kind of deal. After covering that case and, and looking into it as deeply as you did, what what are your thoughts on that, on Slenderman as an entity? Do you, you think there is something there? Well, I don't think so. Like uh, Slenderman started off on the, on the website Creepypasta and uh it just blew up from there like uh there's a lot of like cool fan fiction written about him there's a really cool youtube series about him about two uh people just getting into the lure of slender man the whole series is like one guy just going completely nuts and following slender man's every whim so i don't think there's something out there but there is something i believe where if you give something enough power or you manifest you can manifest it and maybe they did that where like they maybe saw something manifest. But other than that, I don't give too much credence into him. I'm a bit of a skeptic when it comes to Slender Man because any sighting you look up, it leads to a creepypasta. I could be wrong, but again, like I don't give too much credence into the whole Slender Man uh, thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I talked about him very, very briefly back in the first season when I was covering uh, Hat Man. And I, I I think that there's something to be said for like mind over matter kind of like like just the power of the mind and the ability of that. And there's the term tulpa, 
which is you know a, a yep. thought a thought form brought to you know physicality basically mm-hmm. and uh you know it's it's a strange subject and and sometimes it feels like it's it's such a safe box that we get to place things even paranormal things that we really can't explain oh it's a tulpa it's a tulpa but i don't know maybe there's something to be said for the concept of slenderman being a tulpa you know was it that powerful or is it, I mean, of course, I, I don't really personally, I don't know if there's anything to the Slender Man, you know, as a tulpa, but that is a thought, that is a theory. Yeah, it's actually a really interesting one. Like, I've looked into a bit of, tol- like, what tulpas are and whatnot, and um, maybe the girls did make Slender Man into their version of a tulpa, where, you know, he manifested, like, I believe both girls had altars to him in their rooms at some point. They had like a whole bunch of like books on him. Uh, they had detailed drawings of what they were going to do to the girl. Like if you actually look at like if you think about it, it was kind of like they were sacrificing their friend in order to please Slenderman or to like ascend kind of kind of deal if you look at it like that. But uh, for thank God that Peyton survived. She was like stabbed I think a total of 23 times, I think. And uh the two girls were picked up walking on the highway going to Slenderman's mansion. But in that sense, it's interesting to look at Slenderman as a tulpa or even um, other things that could be looked at. Like, uh, I think a few years ago, there was this, like really scary app that was going around and kids were getting scared of. I forgot the name of the app, but it, it was in that sense where an artist made this scary statue. And then kids were having, I think, nightmares of it. They were scared. They act, apparently the app was telling them to kill their parents. So the, stat, the artist literally destroyed his statue and said, it's no more. So it was kind of like a bit of like a tulpa situation as well, if you look into the, into that. Whoa. It was, a, yeah. it was a real app? Yeah, it was a real app. I forgot the name of the app. That was like, it was around. It was popular. Um, oh, I can't. Why can't I think of the name? But it's... Um, it was popular around uh, during a certain time. Like it started off where a, an artist just made this statue and it was just an art piece and it just blew up from there. And then he he destroyed his artwork saying, you know, you kids are safe now. This thing's dead. It was pretty, it was pretty interesting. I actually should cover that. I got to remember the name of it, but that yeah. sounds, sounds like a, a good premise for a really scary movie. <laughs> I have to say one thing about Tulpas though. Um, my very first episode when I first started out is I wanted to cover Robert the doll. And everything was going fine, and then all of a sudden things start to happen where I decided maybe a, I'm gonna still cover him, but it was just like, like I got this sound, I got a soundboard, I finally got it to work, and, and then that didn't work. Then all of a sudden other things started to happen where it was just starting to become a coincidence where maybe Robert was influencing some things, but it kind of got a bit creepy. So I said, okay, let me. Um, I'm going to cover him still, but let me save him for like a Haunted Dolls episode. So yeah, giving like a Tulpa, like if you look at Tulpas and even Robert the Doll, like it is a bit creepy factor. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Wow. Um, that, you know, I've noticed when we were, at least when I focus on a certain subject, I tend to see it more and I, I and I, I don't I don't think it's just confirmation bias because I am approaching things from a skeptical angle, skeptical believership angle. But I do notice when I'm paying attention 
to something. It's almost like it's paying attention right back. Like it's just that meshing of energy, which is so strange, but um, that doesn't surprise me. Like if, if Robert the doll creeped you out as you were going through that information and then some weird stuff started happening, um, doesn't surprise me at all. Are you, mm -hmm. are you generally creeped out by like haunted dolls, haunted artifacts? Oh, I hate porcelain dolls. Like I, they creep me out. Like I know they, they come alive at night and they will do creepy stuff. Like um, I actually do want to visit Robert the doll, but my wife looked at me and said, no, you're not um, there. Um, I believe there's actually a TikTok video of a, of a girl visiting Robert and her putting a toy doll on top of Robert's case saying, I want a haunted doll. Can you put some energy into this doll? And I think a lot of creepy things started to happen to her. So I'm very careful with that uh, stuff. I don't tend to collect haunted objects or decide to be like, hey, I'm going to bring a Ouija board into my home because I've dealt with a Ouija board before one time and never again. So when it comes to haunted objects and dealing with like the occult or anything of that, I kind of like make sure I keep a good arm's length away from that stuff. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you're, you're, you're hinting at these things happening in your life. What, uh, what has happened to you personally? Uh, what are some uh, early stories or ghost stories? Oh, um, one that comes to mind is after I did a Ouija board session, because I, I wanted to start a ghost hunting group with my friend a long time ago. So we did a YouTube channel and the first video we did was a a Ouija, uh, Ouija board session and things didn't go well. Um, after that, I was almost pulled out of my bed. Uh, I felt a hand wrap around my leg and almost drag me out of my bed. And I said a quick prayer and it went away. Um, my buddies ended up that night smudging me. He smudged the board and uh, he actually ended up smudging his whole entire house because like an alarm went off for no reason. He said he saw someone walking his property and he at the time he lived in rural Ontario and his closest neighbor was like some old guy, but his, his neighbor didn't have any idea that we were doing that that night. So he said he saw someone like walk, like walk around. So he went outside to see what was going on. He said someone like literally rushed him and he came inside freaking out. I actually still have a video somewhere. It looks like a found footage uh, movie. Um, so that kind of creeped me out to the point where I said, never again, I'm not going to touch a Ouija board ever again. I've had literally me sleeping and I and a hand literally brushed across my face gently and I woke up panicking. And I also at one point had my uh, my grandfather passed away a long time ago and uh, he visited me. It was kind of a funny story. I actually told this story on another podcast. Uh, me and my wife were getting married and also buying a house at the same time. So the place where now we were in a bit of a bidding war and uh, that night I was just asleep. And I heard my grandfather's voice, like like how we're talking now, saying, hey, congratulations on your house. And I'm like, oh, but I, I miss you. Like, everything okay? He's like, yeah, yeah, everything's okay. He asked about my grandmother, asked about my mom, his other son, asked if everybody was okay. And all of a sudden, he just disappeared. So the next day, my wife called me, and she's like, hey, got some news about the house. I'm like, oh, what is it? She's like, congratulations, we're now broke. We're the proud owners of a condo. And I'm like, okay, like I told her the story. And uh, to this day, I think he visited me just to say, hey, like everything's going to be okay. Like I was going through some things at the time, but uh, everything's going to be okay. And you are going to get this house and you're going to be fine. 
So oh, that's like, wow, that yeah. is an incredible story. So did you, did you just hear him or did you see something as well? I heard him. Like, it was just like me and you talking right now. I heard him. Mm -hmm. Um, I think when he passed away, my, my grandmother said she did see his uh, shadow in the old house they were at, but I've never actually physically saw him. Um, it's funny. I actually had this conversation with my wife a long time ago because her, sorry, recently, uh, her grandmother ended up passing away. And, uh, I said, well, if I die, would you want me to visit you? She's like, no, I, no, if you're around or whatnot, <laughs> yes. But, uh, like, uh, she explained it, like her grandmother's favorite dessert was, uh, it's like a Portuguese sweet rice. So that was her grandmother's favorite. So she's like, you know, if someone comes to the door with that, like randomly, I know she's watching over me or, you know, or if I think about it randomly, she's with me, right? But I don't want anybody moving any objects or poking me on the shoulder. You know, you just see her, right? So, um, uh, but uh, I, I didn't physically see my grandfather, but he was there saying, hey, everything will be okay. Man, you know, it would be nice to have that kind of confirmation, though. I know some people, they're they're just fine with their faith. They're like, nope, I, I know. I know you're there. I know you're good. You know, you're on the other side, whatever. But I, I sure would love to see, you know, some some lost loved ones of my own, uh, you know, just get that confirmation and, and just just see their face one more time or hear their voice one more time. That would be awesome. Yeah, that it would be nice to be like, hey, I'm I'm around, or yeah. or like um, actually Harold Harold uh, Houdini, one of the best magicians of all time, he told his wife uh, the anniversary of my death, which is Halloween, try to contact me because he was a huge skeptic. He didn't believe in spiritualism at the time. He like hated uh, mediums. So every year his wife performed a seance to try to get in contact with him. And every year nothing happened, but it is reported that his ghost is around former properties that he owned and, and so on. So maybe there might be some more to it and something maybe is out there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I sure hope so. Um, well, uh, you also talked, you know, with your deep dives on your show, you also talked about a subject that I'm rather interested in, kind of an adjacent subject to something uh, that I covered before. You went into Amityville Horror. Oh, yes. Tell me what you know about it. Hey, guys, this is Todd, Sean, and Nate, and we are from the Middle Aged and Creeped Out podcast. We drop full episodes every Wednesday night or Thursday morning. And our middle-aged mini-episodes drop on Saturday afternoons at 3 o'clock. And if you enjoy discussions about the paranormal, weird, unexplained, and just plain creepy, then check out our show. You can find us however you listen to your favorite podcasts. If you like what you hear, don't hesitate to give us a five-star rating and review. Telling a friend, family member, or even a co-worker about us helps the show. And you can also find us on Facebook and Instagram by searching Middle-Aged and Creeped Out. And our TikTok is at Mako Podcast, and that's with two A's. Well, Nate, what do you think? That's the end of our promo, and that's a wrap. Well, there you go. So until next time, creepies, Nate is your sound engineer. We are your hosts, Todd and Sean. And they are middle-aged and creeped out. Keep it creepy. <laughs> <laughs> The Amityville Horror case is kind of an interesting one because, like, it started off as a, a murder with uh, Robert Butch DeFeo, literally. No, was it DeFeo? Yeah, it was DeFeo, uh, killing his whole entire family. And 
then all of a sudden another family moved in, which was, was the Lutzes. And they said they experienced all these weird and creepy things in the house to the point where they had a moment where they just still didn't talk about it to this day, where they just packed up and left the house and never to return. So what I decided to cover that because I'm a bit of a skeptic when it comes to that case. Uh, again, I'm, I don't want to call them out, outright liars or anything like that because, again, I wasn't there. And my co-host thinks that the house is haunted. Like, she made it very clear that, you know, like, a murder happened, so it's haunted. And, yes, maybe there are some remnants of it, like, maybe of that murder that, that happened that night. But, like, the whole, oh, we saw, was it uh, flies coming out and so on. I'm a bit of a skeptic when it comes to that. Anything that has to do with Ed and Lorraine Warren, I'm a bit of a skeptic. Uh, I'll be releasing an episode on the new, that not newish Netflix documentary called uh, 28 Days Haunted, where it covers a theory. And I go over um, what I think of that. But the annual horror is an interesting case. It is interesting from a true crime standpoint on what happened, then all of a sudden going into morphing into the paranormal. I believe the person that owns the house said that nothing has happened at all to them when they live there. But nonetheless, it is an interesting case to look at. And I decided to cover it and do a bit of a deep dive and share my own thoughts on it. Again, I'm skeptical about it. I'm skeptical about that case in general. Anything Ed and Lorraine Warren, I'm a bit of a skeptic. But maybe stuff has happened where the owners decide, you know what, we're living here. We're going to deal with we're going to deal with it and just move on with our lives. Mm-hmm. So nonetheless, it is an interesting case. It, it certainly is. Definitely from a true crime standpoint. Um, definitely for the, the paranormal you know, folkloric aspect to it. But I, I think I'm I'm with you there. I'm, I'm, I'm a bit more skeptical on that case as far as it being a paranormal thing, as far as it being demonically possessed. Um, you would think if, if there is that intense evil kind of presence uh, at a location, um, that there would have been some previous history with things of a similar nature and like you said you know post history of things of a similar nature um and nobody really said anything like that as far as i know uh you know just following the murder and then the lutz family um and that was it on that one so curious very interesting all right so (laughs) this is i've been looking forward to this so you also said uh before we recorded that you had an interest in ufos that you could talk about ufos how oh. are you are you an a ufo an alien or a, a both kind of guy ufos to me is it's kind of a bit of an interesting thing because i have a bit of a hot take which i'll go into it a bit later but it is it is interesting that like you know like uh betty and barney hill one of the famous one of the most famous ufo abduction cases where they were going somewhere, coming back from, I think, Niagara, and all of a sudden they had missing time where they said, we have no idea what happened. And I believe, was it was Stanton Freeman? Oh, he was this huge, not Stanton Freeman. I forgot his name, but he he was one of the individuals that was investigating this case. Uh, I think the government literally hired him to say, let's like try to get to the bottom of this UFO phenomenon that is going on. And he was a physicist. He was a man of science. Then he investigated and he said, oh, there might be something going on. So I do believe that there might be life out there and they might check in once in a while. But when it comes to like the whole, my dad is a huge conspiracy theorist. Uh, he goes into a deep dive sometimes and sometimes he talks to me. I'm like, oh God, dad. But <laughs> when someone quote unquote comes forth saying, I worked for the military, I was such a high rank and I saw, 
I worked at a military installation where there are UFOs and et cetera, et cetera. Like there is a famous uh, one where this guy worked at Dulce base and he said he got a whole bunch of recordings, a whole bunch of photos. But the thing is, you can't find any of them because I don't think those exist. I think he just made it up or it might be false information that the government has put out there. Um, I do believe, again, like I said, uh, there might be life out there, but I think of like, I'm a huge Doctor Who fan. So that whole show is like an alien coming in and just like checking in on us or making sure things are okay. So I think maybe they're just looking in on us, just just to observe us to see what we are. Maybe once in a while they'll abduct us or something just to ask questions or just to see us from a scientific standpoint. Yeah. But I don't want to say all UFO abductions are bunk or BS, but again, I'm a bit split on UFOs or and life out there. So that's my little hot take on it. Um, okay. Okay. I, you know, you're not alone in that camp. I think, I think a majority of people are, you know, kind of, it, it's hard. It's a hard concept to understand and, and yeah. it's, um, but it's becoming more and more real too at the same time. Oh, like yeah. every week there's something new, you know, an article is being written, a report is being released, it seems. And it just is becoming so real that you can't ignore it anymore. And that's funny that you 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 said it like that because uh, just last week I believe uh, Avi Loeb and um, uh, uh, Sean Kirkpatrick they released an article or a paper basically saying yes there might be like motherships out there alien motherships mm -hmm. out there that are you know sending out scouts to Earth down down to check out Earth and you know any other planet that they're flying around. Um, what are your what are your thoughts on that? I guess that's is that kind of in line with what you think? I think so. Um, again, like UFOs, like I, I I try to make sense of it, but every time I try to, I just end up talking like I just did, just talking <laughs> blubberish, blubberish. But <laughs> but um, I maybe there might be like you said, like like the whole UFO disclosure thing where the government, the U.S. government, has finally come out saying, "There, yeah, we." saw some ooky spooky stuff and we're trying to disclose everything um again i believe it yes yeah, stanton freeman he investigated a whole bunch of ufo uh, phenomena that happened uh, around like there's the was it the battle of la i think la oh i'm probably getting it wrong but again there's all these uh, unweird and unexplained things like betty and barney hill uh area like roswell um a whole bunch of things that people have come forward saying yeah like this has happened like i've seen some weird and strange things and i've gotten visits from men in black saying hey stop it don't look into this anymore for your own good and yeah i think me like that does align to what i'm always trying to explain but yeah ufos nonetheless are are interesting and it's an interesting subject that i might i'll probably cover in my show down the line Oh, absolutely. You, you absolutely yeah. should. There, there's so much to cover. It's it's so overwhelming, the amount of information that's out there, because you've not only got the history, but now the, the stuff that is happening on the daily and the reports that are coming in, um, abduction or UFO sighting or whatever. Um, and it's just, uh, it, it's fascinating, but overwhelming. <laughs> yeah, it is, yes. <laughs> but you know what, the, the thing that really kind of brought it into reality for me because before I looked at it, I guess I really didn't know what I thought about it. I, I knew, I thought that it was real. I just, I and that was it. That was the end of the thought. Uh, but the thing that really brought it into a 
realm of reality for me was the military involvement and the fact that so many military members, you know, radar controllers, commanders, people in the higher up, you know, the higher echelons, people with a lot to lose. And at one time, even even today, to some extent, you know, at one time, uh, jobs to lose, you would lose your job, you would be demoted um, for saying, oh, I, I saw a flying saucer, huh? you know, while on duty. Um, and now it's it's more and more being encouraged um, with uh, Kirsten Gillibrand and that program that she started. But yeah, that's what like realizing that the military and the pilots are saying this. These are highly trained, highly accountable members of our military that we entrust with protecting us and, you know, keeping the country safe. And it's like, you can't believe them when they say, I saw something I do not understand. You can't believe them. You think it's a trick that they're lying? Like that, like there are some, like, again, like pilots have seen the UFOs, like, uh, it go, I think like they reported it. They've said, Hey, like, I've know it was on a flight mission. All of a sudden a bright light came out of nowhere and, we can't explain it. Like, I believe it was a Canadian member of parliament stood up and said that, you know, we have to disclose UFOs, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, he was looked at like a laughingstock almost. Mm -hmm. So like when it comes to like people coming forward and saying, yeah, I've seen something strange or I had a weird visitation. People might look at you saying, you know, Yo, you're crazy. You're a quack. Like you're all right, whatever. You're making things up. And it's a whole, like, when someone comes out with a book, it's like, oh, they're just doing it for the money. But again, it's like the book advances, from what I know, it's not that much. And then all of a sudden, you kind of disappear and you fade from light. So um, there's something to be said about individuals that are, like, high up in the military. Then all of a sudden, they get demoted for whatever reason because they came forward saying, yeah, like, I witnessed something strange or whatever. Now they're encouraging it saying, yeah, if you see something strange, we want to disclose it and to the public and go from there. So, yeah, it's something to be said when you look into that thing and look into all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, it sure is. Well, keep me posted when you do cover that because I would I would love oh, well, your, your take on it. Well, um, this has been absolutely uh wonderful and I, I really appreciate you joining me today um we are at the point uh where i will ask you some final questions and then we'll close it out with your final thoughts so right. if you are ready okay question number one that i've got for you what is the story or paranormal concept personal or that you have heard that sends chills up your spine that keeps you awake at night oh when people have seen like a ghost or whatever interact interacted with it that scares the shit out of me um i recently heard the story where it was like a security guard like he was on duty walking around and this old lady's like hey can you help me and he's like oh sure we need to go and just i was having a conversation and his colleague radioed him saying who are you talking to and he's like oh there's an old lady in front of me and he and he's like i'm looking at the camera there's no one there and the guy said nope and he hit the elevator button and ran out that stuff kind of scares me or when people like have an experience with like an eerie um not like men in black but anything of the sort where they lived in a haunted house or they've seen something or something along that those lines that gives me tingles and it does scare the shit out of me like my buddy one of my best friends he's a very 
logical person. Uh, he's a bit of a skeptic, but he told a ghost story where he says to this day, I have no idea if this lady was real. I don't know if she was a ghost, but it just scared the shit out of me to this day. And it was kind of like a creepy story he told. So that stuff, it's, it, it scares me, that stuff. Okay, so yeah. go, ghost stories and haunted houses. You, you go classic. I like yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Question number two. And uh, this is kind of in line with, with a theory that, you know, is in constant works of mine. Uh, I'm working on it. And it might touch upon a little bit what we talked about with tulpas. But do you think paranormal experiences and encounters that people are having are subjective or objective? Are, are we just bystanders innocently seeing something that is in itself separate or are we are we more involved than we think? Are we manifesting? Well, like in certain places, like there are like, if, like there's a stone team theory where there's uh, you see remnants of the past happening where the whole theory is like it gets recorded off the stone and people go into a home and they see like a murder being reenacted or they have an experience, like I said, with a haunted object or something like that, where they have no idea of the history of the object, no idea of the history of the home. Maybe they're told, like the Lutzes, they were told, hey, a murder happened here. Like, you know, what? cool, whatever. We got the house for cheap. We're going to still move in. Um, I do believe that if you give something power, it does have the more effect on you. Like if you give a dark entity more power, it will ruin your life. So sometimes I believe, yes, sometimes you can cause certain paranormal events if you believe in them others have lived in the haunted house and just say yeah we live here maybe we hear a knock or two but we deal with it and life goes on um to me where it becomes more where we have to be more careful is for instance the whole 28 days haunted to me a lot of the stuff they've seen in uh go through that dock can maybe be explained or maybe it was their minds playing tricks on them and that's the part in the paranormal where you have to be careful and draw the fine line between what's real and what what are you just imagining so again like i'm a bit of a skeptic i'm a, when it comes to the paranormal like i say okay like what could explain this so like you said sometimes maybe we might cause it we might manifest something to the point where we might see a haunting or see a ghost in a place that we know is haunted um because or some people want to see a ghost so badly and want to have that paranormal experience like a uh, host of last podcast. He wants to see a UFO and go so badly, but he's never seen it. And the other host is like, you just want it too badly. That's where they're not showing up. So I do believe, yes, it could be objective and subjective when it comes to that. Uh, okay. The paranormal. Okay. Yes. Okay. All right. So a mix, a little mix of both. I, yeah. I, I understand. Okay. All right. And final question for you today. Uh, with all of your research and uh, time spent studying, after all this time, has it made you more or less skeptical? I think a healthy bit of skepticism is always good. Like when I was a kid, it was just like, yeah, it's a ghost. And if I heard a knock, oh my God, it's a ghost. But it's like, okay, like, like I'll tell a quick story that I've had. Uh, I did a ghost walk here at a place called Black Creek Pioneer Village where they... It's pretty much like you go there and you can see what life was like back in the day. Like they have reenactors walk around. A lot of schools go there. But at night uh, or on Halloween, you can do a ghost walk. A lot of properties on that, a lot of homes on that property, sorry, are haunted. So we were in the chaplain's home and the guide was telling a story and how he was a bit of a mean man. She was in the middle of saying that. 
he was doing a sermon and a, and a parishioner fell asleep. So he grabbed the Bible and smacked him across the face and said, if you are not going to hear the word of God, you are going to feel it. And I just so happened to look off to the left of me and I saw a silhouette of a man in a hat just peeking in. And I was with a group and right away, I didn't say anything. I said, okay, what the fuck did I just see? Excuse my language, but... I took, because uh, they gave, you give you flashlights. So I really went into, okay, did I see something? Let me try to debunk it. And nothing was there. Nothing could have caused that silhouette. So I didn't say anything to my friends that I was with. And uh, I kind of kept it to myself until my birthday that passed recently. And I said, yeah, I, I, I saw something. I even told my wife and she's like, you a-hole, like, why don't you say anything? I'm like, I didn't know what I saw. So again, like it's, that stuff that's kind of like yeah it's kind of like okay what the like again what the heck did i just see there right mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. it's always yeah. that yeah okay. when it comes to being a skeptic it's like it's good to it kind of in a way kind of protects you kind of thing where it's like if you're in a haunted location that's like extremely haunted and there's a dark entity there if you have a bit of skepticism it could protect you it cannot infinite that thing influence you and like not be like Zach Baggins, who's my all-time favorite ghost hunter. <laughs> um, like the whole, like him flipping out and getting possessed every five episodes or so. Um, if you have that level of skepticism, it could protect you, could help you. Like if you're a ghost hunter, like if you like hear a knock, it's like, okay, let's try to debunk it. Let's try to figure out what we saw and go forth from there. And yeah, so having a bit of skepticism is pretty good it could help you in the long run to more substantiate things okay i i agree absolutely all right chris well uh where can people find you online where can they reach out where would you like them to follow you can find me on twitter at wall of unusual wall is lowercase uh and uh, you uh, unusual uh the u is capitalized i'm on twitter and uh instagram is uh the underscore wall underscore of underscore unusual all lowercase you can find me on there and uh, yeah, those are my two um, uh, main sources that I'm on. I also have a, a Swell. I have a few episodes on Swell as well. Um, well, that rant. Um, uh, they're just five minutes bursts of certain things. Like I've talked about Ted Bundy. I've talked about Carol, uh, Harold Houdini. I've covered the Slenderman stabbing case. Uh, and yeah, so you can find me on there too. And Swell's kind of neat because you can actually leave voice messages and I can actually see them. So I've gotten some pretty cool responses from that community too. Also, my podcast is available on Apple and Spotify, I believe Google and a whole bunch of other pod podcast platforms. Okay. Okay. Sounds yeah. like sounds like all the big ones you can find uh, the wall of unusual, all the big podcast platforms and swell. Um, that's, I'm going to have to check that out. Is there an easy, easy access link to that or just, just pull up the swell app? Uh, yeah. If you just pull up the swell app, you can just type in my name okay. uh, and, uh, I should pop up and, uh, yeah, again, they're just like little, um, I'll have to update it. Uh, five minute intervals, like it's an actual app. You just record from the app and you go from there. So, um, that's where I actually started the show that I branched off into, uh, actual longer episodes of the podcast. Okay, very good. And uh, to close out the episode, would you like to leave us with a final thought? Uh, yeah. Um, again, like I said, skepticism is always good. To, uh, and always be curious. Always be 
wanting to absorb information, always want to learn. Like uh, at one point I would, I wanted to become a police officer where I was. And I was, I was told by a prof that you're always learning on the job. You're always learning new things. So I, I've kept that with me where I do want to learn new things. I do want to learn no matter how crazy the conspiracy theory is. I do want to learn about it. Again, I don't believe it, but I about it to see like, why this person believes in it? Why do they think like there's, a civilization of mole people living underneath the earth or a whole earth, et cetera, et cetera. So it's always good to learn. It's always good to have that uh, sense of wonder and whimsy sometimes. So it's always good to have that and carry that with you. Wonderful, wonderful advice. Wonderful final thought. Thank you so much, Chris, host of the wall of unusual. Thank you for joining me. And thanks for having me. I had, a, had an awesome time. Thank you guys for tuning in, and thanks to Chris for coming on the show. I am always excited to speak with my para peers. Find and connect with my guest on Twitter and Instagram, and listen out for his many episodes on the Swell app. H.H. Holmes, Satanic Panic, Billy Myers. He covers some pretty interesting stuff over there, so check him out. And if you are digging this Paranorm Girl shizzle, check the show out on all of the socials at Paranorm Girl Pod. I am everywhere all at once. I see all. I know what you did last summer. It's weird. I know. Find and follow my friends and of course rate, review, and subscribe and share the love. I really appreciate it. Um, final thought, final thing for today. I have some really cool guests lined up for April and May. So coming up here pretty quick. Um, if you would have told me two years ago at the start of all of this that I would get to sit down with the people who come on this show, I just wouldn't have believed you. <laughs> and yet, here we are. I'm just beyond amazed and uh, always grateful for people's time and the knowledge that they are willing to share with me and with us. Just forever grateful. I might be feeling a little extra smushy and nostalgic, I'm realizing, <laughs> because I have a birthday coming up next week and it's a big number, I'm not gonna lie, it's a big number. Um, but uh, you know, it's, it's a good time to reflect and to show your appreciation. So that's what I'm doing. I just wanted to say that and, and put it out there in the universe. Uh, but that is going to be a wrap for today's episode. I will see you guys soon. Until next time, stay safe, keep the nightlight on, and sleep with one eye open. <laughs>